You're listening to The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema, bringing class to trash since All right, everybody, welcome to the Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema, the podcast where you, the listener, are subjected to Todd and I discussing movies that you wouldn't show to your mama. Yes, there are exits at the front sides and rear of the plane. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, be careful in the rear. That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I've always been told. Um, Gotta grease that fucker up, buddy. Yeah. Uh, welcome back. We are this week talking about uh, Cauldron uh, Blu-rays. Uh, Cauldron, uh, the uh, video release label that uh, Jesse from uh, Diabolic DVD runs, and uh, uh, we we covered American Rickshaw and Abracadabra uh, quite some time back. Um, it was like, uh, middle of last year, maybe late last year, somewhere around there. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, almost halfway through the year here, man. I mean, uh, I don't know about you, but uh, time is a is a slippery slope. <laughs> yeah, it just keeps. I uh, get enough experience with slippery things. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, these are the these are releases three and four, and uh, the Cauldron label is really looking to release stuff kind of more underseen cult films. Uh, typically Euro cult stuff. It seems so far, Jesse's kind of aiming at that. So uh, he's picked a couple interesting ones here. Uh, we'll be talking about um, uh, the Crimes of the Black Cat, nineteen seventy-two. Uh, Sergio Pastore, uh, Gialli, that I had never seen. No, I'd maybe read about or something, or seen in a poster book or something. God knows, but I'd never seen it. Uh, and uh, Beyond Terror, nineteen eighty. Masala de Terra. <laughs> That's my Italian version of Spanish is what I'm going for, which has one of the more amazing posters uh, yeah. we've had on yeah. the show for some time. So That's uh, Tomas. Very Boris slash uh, Frazetta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a Tomas uh, Asnar film, which we've never covered a Tomas Asnar, and this might be the only Tomas Asnar we ever cover, but man. It is likely. We'll talk about it here in a little bit. 
that's 1980. I think I said that, and uh, that's what we're going to be doing. Uh, bravo to Jesse for getting these, uh, for getting a lot of these out. Um, I, you know, I can't champion that enough as uh, a fellow who has helped try to get you know some some rare, hard to see videos out, movies out there with the Chris Mitchum stuff, and it's a, it's a. It's a. It's not always glorious work, but it's uh, great if you can get them out there because us film buffs, us guys that really love the movies, uh, it's always great to see something that we potentially haven't seen. And I know if you really want to be crafty, you can go out there and see anything you want to see. But that's not the point. I'm trying. Oh, to but make. the thing is, how do you even know about this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'd have to be reading about it somewhere or something. You'd really have to dig. Yeah. Uh, to get to these. These two folks. Yeah. And that's what I love about it, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that and then the, this the fact that these are in HD and, you know, you get special features and, you know, and then, of course, if you're the kind of person who likes to show off your collection to your friends or anybody, you can put it on your shelf uh, or, you know, you know, however you want to do it. Um, it's just it's it's just nice to have stuff like this. Um, I just think, you know, I'm not always I'm not I'm not against digital as a as a medium but i think there's a nice balance between the two um all right let's get into what we've been watching todd what have you been up to well some things uh i'm going to try to keep this brief because as you can hear uh my voice is not exactly with me today so uh do, 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 do. Let's see, Curse of the Yellow Snake, uh, which was 1963, directed by Franz Josef Gottlieb. Um, this is uh, yet another Krimi. Uh, and uh, this one feels a lot like a, a 60s update of the original uh, Face of Fu Manchu uh, and all that. So, well, basically that one, uh, the 1932 or 34. Um, it's just played through the, uh, the filter of the... Uh, the Rialo, Rialto uh, uh, films, folks. Um, of course, uh, this means that you know this thing also plays things in a very European view uh, of the uh, the the Orient, um, with the uh, pinkish brawn um, character, you know, once again being used, where he's uh, he's playing a real oddball uh, and a an exotic uh, sort of character, and I kind of love. Uh, that you can see uh, on the sides of his face where they pulled back uh, to give him slanted eyes. Uh, <laughs> so for, yeah. for anybody who's uh, who's expecting something uh, politically correct, you you really want to yeah. um, keep your hands <laughs> off this one. Yeah. Um, the film uh, does run around in circles a little bit too much, I think, but uh, it's still some good fun uh, with a plot that uh, gives a little bit of credence to you know uh, all this sort of... Um, Asian mysticism, uh, while it also involves the uh, the villains' uh, machinations uh, to uh, to marry a white woman, uh, which I suspect that uh, John Carpenter may have seen this movie uh, at some point or another, and then ran with it. So there you have it: uh, Curse of the Yellow Snake, not to be confused with Black Snake Moan uh, or any other other uh, anything else with the word snake in it. Yeah, any other colored snake movies. Exactly. Well, you're not allowed to say colored snakes uh, there, uh, Sammy. Yeah. Uh, okay, the autopsy of Jane Doe, 2016. 
Uh, this one is from Andre Overdahl, uh, and this one is uh, it's a pretty big step away from Troll Hunter, uh, which I, I personally quite liked a lot. Uh, but it's also very much proof that uh, the man has the uh, the chops to, I think, uh, be a director of note. Um, this one has a uh, well, it is basically uh, it's very much a slow buildup of, uh, of like dread and all that sort of thing. Uh, and I, for one, very much enjoyed the uh, the procedural approach to it. Uh, but the story uh, itself has a very um, very intimate. Uh, emotional element to it, uh, which is nicely handled by uh, the uh, the two main actors, which are mainly well. I mean, it's not mainly. It is. It's uh, Emil Hirsch and the always fantastic Brian Cox. Emil Hirsch. He's a, here's a guy who I don't really just. I just. I, there's something about him that I just don't like. Nothing about him hooks me. Like mm. nothing. Mm. Nothing about it, man. Uh, but at the same time, I, I do think he's talented, so I'll give him credit. Um, but the movie itself, it earns uh, the the scares that it throws up there, uh, and I really got to say that it's uh, it's effectively creepy uh, for a lot of it, and it comes in at around like ninety minutes, uh, and that you know it counts for a lot uh, because it moves along pretty swiftly, um, and that uh, kind of adds in for something that's as deliberate as this is. Um, there's a very very nice use of sound uh, to uh, to convey the uh, the dread uh, that the film is uh, is uh, layering uh, piece upon piece, uh, kind of along the lines of uh, Robert Wise's The Haunting. Uh, and there's especially a very very subtle uh, bell sound that the first time that I heard it, you know, I I just started grinning uh, because it just it worked so well. Uh, the FX work uh, is also very nicely handled, uh, which a lot of it is uh, is practical, and of course, you know that's like in my in my wheelhouse. Uh, but by that same token, the uh, the digital stuff that is in here uh, works just as well. Uh, so you know, again, credit where it's due. Um, the uh, the big reveal uh, of the film does call for a bit of a stretch, but you know. Uh, I think that at the end of the day, well, at least I did, I, I did wind up buying into it. Um, and it's not too shabby overall, uh, which, you know, uh, from a lot of the, uh, the modern horror, uh, that I've seen, that's kind of saying something to, to, you know, just be a little bit above, uh, to be a little bit above the, um, the midway mark is, is pretty good, but to be as high above the midway mark as this is, is, uh, pretty outstanding these days so uh credit to uh, mr overdahl uh, and I'd, uh, i very much uh have liked this filmography so far so there's that um uh, so then i moved on to uh public speaking uh which was very much i think uh, a dry run for the uh, the fantastic uh pretend it's a city uh netflix uh, series uh, stylistically, and of course, you know, uh, friendly voice is, is like catnip for me. Uh, so this ticks all the boxes and it does it very stylishly. Uh, the disc that I got from Netflix had all kinds of glitches on it. Um, uh, but I don't think that even that could really diminish this thing for me, uh, because of the content of it. Um, and of course I love that, you know, uh, the woman agrees with me about the uh, the notion of uh, democratization of art. So, you know, I uh, I love her even more now. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to get into it. Don't worry. <laughs> I won't uh, subject the the, uh, the listeners to that one. Um, but yeah, no, she does. Oh, she makes a she makes a hell of a case. I know what you're talking about. Well, of course she does because it's it, it, she makes a hell of a case because it's correct. Yeah. Um, well, but again, I'm biased, so uh, you know what it is. What it is. Um, moved on from that to a little slab of flaming shit called Schizoid uh, from 1989. Uh, it was not directed by Rob Zombie, but it was written and directed by um, David Paulson. Uh, and I think that it may have been better had it been written and directed by Pat Paulson. Um, <laughs> for those of you who get that reference, so zing. Uh, so there you go. Uh, uh you, you get, uh, every actor in this thing being both, uh, wildly overwrought while also giving the bare minimum of effort, uh, except for again, Christopher Lloyd, uh, who we just had on the show uh, a couple of weeks ago, who was, who's actually, you know, he's not half bad. Uh, you get Klaus Kinski of all people uh, playing this very improbably irresistible, <laughs> irresistible red herring and uh, ostensible hero figure, uh, <laughs> neither of which fit him. Um, <laughs> you get two of the most violently disgusted, excuse-making cops in the history of cinema, uh, and I, for me, you know, you, you also get a very cheap, dull, ugly uh, slasher movie that has absolutely no reason, I think, uh, to be as piss poor as this is. Uh, outside of lack of um, behind the uh, the camera talent, uh, the editing uh, feels like it was done in a, uh, a Cuisinart more or less. Uh, the frame never stopped shaking, and you know whether that's because the camera it was shot on uh, had a registration issue or the transfer to video did. Uh, I honestly neither know nor care. Um, because it just, it just keeps shaking and you're just like, Oh my God, could somebody please fucking straighten this out? And they don't, um, the characters themselves are all rendered as being very, very highly, uh, unlikable misanthropes. Uh, so you really couldn't care, uh, that they get killed and that, you know, that kind of is, is kind of a, um, I think in slasher movies, you have to like the people at least a, a little bit. Uh, unless it's just, you know, a kind of a, uh, a hate fuck kind of thing. Um, and this isn't that, well, I guess this is kind of that, but, uh, speaking of the kills, they are, I thought as unimaginative and unsatisfying as the, uh, the lame melodramatics, uh, that lead up to, uh, to each of them. Uh, and they're extraordinarily lame. And I don't think that any of this has really helped. Uh, by a uh, killer's uh, identity and motive, which is poorly handled. Um, and uh, nothing interesting is done with it uh, because Paulson, I think, thinks that he's being, you know, oh so clever throughout the uh, the rest of the movies, a hundred plus too many minutes, which is way too long for a slasher movie. Um, you know, it, whatever. Uh, one thing that does stand out, uh, and I think egregiously at that is the, the use of the alligator, uh, music effect on the soundtrack, you know, that, that thing. Um, I love that sound effect, but, uh, it, you know, it also became very, very clear once, uh, I, I did a little IMDB search, uh, and found out that both scores were done by Craig Huxley. Ah. Um, so there you have it. Uh, but the overall score, then, uh, sadly enough, is uh, very lackluster and uninspired. Uh, so there you have it. 
Um, uh, there is one extremely narrow plus side, and that's that it does feature uh, the uh, perpetually adorable Donna Wilkes. Um, and for everybody who's ever you know seen Jaws two and or Angel, you know who I'm talking about. Um, but I, for me, I mean, even that's not nearly enough to save this thing. It's just, it's an absolute piece of dog shit. Um, yeah, skip it. Even if you could see it for free, which I did. So (sighs) there was that. And then I moved on to, uh, rewatch of Avengers, uh, Infinity War. Uh, and I still really, really, really like this thing. Um, I think that it is uh, very good storytelling. Um, it is uh, a trifle too long. Um, but that being said, uh, you know, I, I mean, like I said, I, I, I wrap myself up in this thing. And I'd very much so uh, with the uh, the portrayal and the, uh, the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like I'll use delineation uh, of Thanos uh, in this thing uh, as portrayed by uh, Mr. Uh, Brolin. Um, I'm not going to go out there and say that it's the greatest cinema in the world because um, I think that there's a very clear divide, uh, especially, especially, especially now uh, between art and commerce, uh, even though uh, <laughs> cinema is, is an art that was born of commerce. Um and I think that you could sit down and have a very, very, very long conversation uh, about uh, about the uh, the uh, preponderance of uh, digital cinema now, and uh, and the whole thing about spectacle and how everything's a tentpole movie or it's something that nobody's ever going to see in a theater. Um, and certainly, this is a uh, either symptomatic or. Uh, emblematic uh of that uh, of that statement uh but by that same token uh i very much like uh, infinity war uh i like endgame uh, slightly less uh but that's coming up down the pike on the uh the rewatch list so yeah. we'll see how the uh, the rewatch goes with it uh but yeah no i i very much like this thing so uh and of course you know the whole thing the half of it looks like video uh on uh, my 4k which just pisses me off no fucking end <laughs> uh, but again this goes back to uh, technology and modern cinema yeah um in in quotes because now it has to be in quotes at this point uh, as far as i'm concerned um so there you have it but like i said i mean you could you could have a very very long conversation about this we are not going to yeah. but we could yeah uh so there you have that uh, and then I did another rewatch. This was uh, Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidorah, Giant Monsters, All Out Attack. Yay! Uh, and this is the uh, the Shusuke uh, Kaneko um, film, the man who uh, reinvigorated the Gamera series um, back in the 90s. And this was 2001, I believe. Uh, and for me, this is the best absolute pinnacle of the, uh, the Millennium series. Um because a it looks fantastic uh it, it actually uses some it uses digital actually pretty well uh for the most part i mean there's still uh, you know it's still a little bit sketchy uh but you're gonna have that uh but the, the practical stuff is is absolutely fantastic uh and the scale work is fantastic um and the guy just has an eye 
for these things uh, and the ability to capture them. Um, the movie does get into stuff about, you know, like legends and about uh, uh, mythologizing um, in the era of, of tabloid journalism and, you know, with the, uh, the prevalence of television and video and all that sort of thing. Um, uh, but by that same token, it has a certain uh, naive innocence to it uh, as well, which kind of lends itself back to uh, the uh, the original Showa era, era Godzilla movies. Um, so you know, it, it kind of uh, feels like one of those by the same by that same token, um, and especially towards the latter half when it was kind of a little more uh, freewheeling and not as um, uh, continuity centric. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think this thing's great. Uh, it looks great. The monsters look great. Uh, uh, you know, it's very well done. The characters are interesting uh, for the most part. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you, you really can't go wrong with that one. Uh, and I believe that is all that I got. So kick it over to you, buddy. All right. There you go. This week in Todd. The, yeah, right? Uh, <laughs> Shouldn't every week be? Uh, yeah, the, the I haven't watched uh, nearly as much as you, but I would watch a couple things. I watched, I finished off the, uh, well, I finished it off because I thought they weren't going to make a fourth one, but uh, the trip to Greece. So this is the fourth version of the uh, the fourth film in the quadrilogy of the trip films with uh, nice. Steve Coogan and uh, Rob, uh, what's his name, Bryden. There we Bryden. go. Yep, and uh, it's pretty good. It's int- it's still interesting to me the way Winterbottom and these guys put together real life stuff with this kind of you know narrative filmmaking. It's it's a very yeah. odd tone, yeah, uh, yeah. but but it works for me. And I and I I just like listening to Bryden and Coogan try to one up each other all the time, and in some way either with impersonations or just sly humor. Uh, uh, I think that it can go a long way for those who enjoy that, but for those who don't, I think it probably is a nail in the coffin for this series. But it just depends on your take on that. But you know, these things are also nice travelogues. What a, what a dream job, you know? Say, hey, let's get together with our buddies and and uh, we'll just travel around, and shoot shoot scenes, and make stuff up as we go, and have a good time. So it's kind of it's kind of like a dream uh, dream filmmaking project, I would think. Yeah. If I was these guys, I don't think I'd ever stop making these. <laughs> no, I'd be okay with it. Yeah. Where are we going to go next? Yeah. Um, uh, the only other thing I watched, I watched uh, the Smiley Face Killers. Now, this kind of came across my radar uh, a long time ago, um, but it, it popped up on uh, Amazon Prime. It just came out earlier, maybe a month ago, maybe a month and a half ago. And uh, it came across my radar because of the talent behind the camera. So this is not typically something I would pursue unless somebody tells me I should really check it out. Um, it's uh, written by. It's based on a novel written by Brett Easton Ellis. So, okay. he, yeah, you know he is a a fire plug of a individual who is controversial sometimes, maybe just to be controversial. But yeah, yeah. so that's that. But that draws my attention. Yeah, um, and I I've never read any of his uh, his uh, his work. So yeah, yeah I mean it, I couldn't testify to. It, you know. It's very flagrant and very aggressive, and yeah. uh, so if you know you're going in for that, that's what you'll get, and you won't be surprised. Right. Um, uh, obviously, you know he's he's 
he's he's he's outspoken. Let's put it that way. Uh, oh, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it's, uh, it's got Crispin Glover in it, uh, playing a almost silent role of the uh, of a hooded figure. And I thought, well, that's kind of weird. But then again, Crispin Glover picks weird things to do sometimes. Sometimes he just does stuff. And I was like, wonder why he did this. Maybe it's the Ellis thing. And then I realized the director was Tim Hunter, who uh, directed River's Edge and Tex and some of those really early great Matt Dillon uh, teenage angst films. Mm. Um, and he hasn't really done a whole lot to draw a lot of attention over the last few years. So um, I was like, well, you know, I mean, director of River's Edge and Tex and and these movies that I really like, British and Ellis, uh, an author that uh, I can enjoy sometimes because of his transgression, and then Crispin Glover in it, um, in a yet another Crispin Glover bizarre performance. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, I can't be that bad. Uh, and uh, then I watched it, and it's it's not that great either. It's it's really just kind of boring. It it's it's interesting um, because of the talent attached to it, but it's on that that that's as far as it goes. And I couldn't recommend this to anybody. Uh, not even a Tim Hunter completist. I couldn't even recommend this to, uh, such as myself. Um, I would not, uh, I would not. It, it's, it's a, it's a pretty, pretty big waste of time. Uh, it's, it, it, it looks good. There's moments when it looks good. Um, it just, I don't know, man, it's, it's empty. It's as empty as it gets. And, uh, it's really a shame because, uh, you know, there's a lot of talent behind it and stuff. So. It, it, you know, it, it, obviously it happens. I mean, you know, we, they, not all of our favorite filmmakers, uh, get to continue working and, uh, making, uh, the films we love. Um, but it, it, this thing is so empty. It's hard for me to even talk about it even further than what it's been saying that. So I would not recommend it to anybody. And you'll hardly ever hear me to not recommend things, but yeah, I never wouldn't recommend that one. Steer clear of the smiley face killers from night from 2021. There's actually another version of this, uh, or another film titled smiley face, the smiley face killers or something like that. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I it's almost an urban legend. I think in California, this, uh, smiley face, uh, these uh, young men that are, that turn up on beaches and stuff dead or strangled. Uh-huh. And there's always some type of smiley face nearby, okay. either spray painted on a wall or, well, but that's that's kind of like being the Kilroy killer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's become this kind of urban myth, urban legend type thing, um, which is, uh, you know, almost like conspiracy theory type stuff. I mean, there's a whole big thing on it. Trust me. It's uh, it's pretty insane. Um, but it's kind of it kind of is also interesting in that way, because, you know, human beings can we can, you know, we can tie things together. We can find ways to tie things together. Um so once you start going down that rabbit hole, it's uh, <laughs> it gets it gets pretty deep pretty quick, mm-hmm. you know. Um, that's about all I watched. I, I, I think the only other thing I watched, I finished off that Invincible. I think I told you I was going to finish off that Invincible season on Amazon. It's insane uh, as uh, as it would be. Uh, again, if you like the boys, I think you'll like uh, uh, Invincible. It's um, again animated, but and and not as maybe not as flagrantly sexually aggressive as the boys is, but certainly aggressive and, uh, kind of a nice take on the, uh, superhero genre in a weird, uh, kind of quirky ultra violent way. So I would, I would recommend it to folks. It was really good uh, for an animated show. I was really concerned because I'm, 
you know, 40 minute, uh, Amazon, I mean, 40 minute animated episodes, uh, not really my forte, not really something I'm interested in. There's only eight episodes, but I don't, I, you know, I, I just feel like animation sometimes is, it just, it, it digests better in 20 to 25 minute episodes than it does in yeah. 40 minute episodes. Yeah, no, I, I noticed that, uh, in the, the first episode, which is the only one that I've watched thus far. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, uh, is that you know? Yeah, maybe maybe a little bit of uh, of uh, slicing and dicing would help that thing. How yeah. many how many episodes total? Eight, eight. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, it's been evidently renewed for seasons two and three, which is uh, what the fuck isn't these days? Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. Well, some things aren't. Believe it or not. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know it's hard to believe. <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking about it, but yeah, there's some things that aren't. There's been a few things that say so it's gotten to the point where there's so many series and so much stuff out there now. That I'll wait for something to be on like two or three seasons before I'll start watching it. <laughs> that's that's the new uh, thing for me. It seems like, um, but you know that's just because there's just too much to choose from. So if I get to it, I get to it. Unless it's like an absolute must see or something that really just kind of you know. I mean, obviously I was a fan of the boys comic, so that that one I'll jump on immediately. If you know when season three comes out, I'll jump right in there. But uh, certain things, obviously, I kind of wait. But I was also a fan of the Invincible comic, the Kirkman comic. So uh, that's the reason why I went ahead and jumped on it. I, I did fall out of it a little bit about halfway through, as I tend to do with most things nowadays. But then I just jumped right back in and powered through the last two or three episodes. And I'm glad I did. It was really good. Um, it is a recommend, unlike Smiley Face Killers, <laughs> <laughs> which I do not recommend. Again, I'll say that again. Yes. Um, yeah, that's everything. I don't think I watched anything else uh, outside of stuff for the show. Um, yeah, that's it. All right. We are going to take a short break. We're going to come back and we are going to talk about the crimes of the black cat from 72. We'll be back right after this. Menudo. Some uh, Brazilian politics. Yeah. I <laughs> love it. I think we, uh, me and my brother and our friends, I think we used to make fun of that song and 
and uh, we love I-, I love it but we used to uh I don't know. I think it might have been something about chicken cacciatore. <laughs> you can imagine if you hear the word territory and then cacciatore. You can you can put it together from there. <laughs> yeah, uh, I love Max Cavalier and the way he sings. It's uh, or screams, however you want to look at that. Um, sure, sure, it's great. <laughs> uh, okay, Crimes of the Black Cat, uh, nineteen seventy two, also known as Sete Schiali di Sete Giala. Um. Yeah, I, I said that Jesus like I knew. Yeah, I said that like I knew what I was saying, but I had no idea what I was saying. I just none. <laughs> I just said it. Uh, a blind pianist tries to figure out who is responsible for a string of murders using a black cat with its claws dipped in curare, 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 curare. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, one of a, a subgenre of movies where somebody uses an animal to kill people. There's some of these out there. Honestly, I couldn't tell you any of them off the top of my head, but I know that. Uh, there are some Gialli where this happens. I know that. And I know I've seen them, but Jesus, I can't remember the titles of them off the top of my head. But um, So it does have that unique aspect of being uh, one of the few films you'll see where somebody actually uses a black cat to kill people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, very odd. Um, this is directed by Sergio Pastore. Uh, stars Anthony Steffen, uh, Sylvia Koskina. Uh, Giovanna Lindsay, who I believe is Sergio Pastore's wife, uh, she plays the uh, the redheaded uh, heroin addict, and uh, uh, there's some other people in here that uh, you've probably seen in other films, um, but hard to imagine unless you're a big time enthusiast. Uh, some of them kind of coming across your way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know who wants to. Lead. I don't know if you want to lead on this or you want me to. Uh, it's up to you. Uh, I I really don't have many notes about either of these movies, so uh-huh. it really doesn't matter to me. But I can uh, I can swing with this one if you want, because obviously, as everyone out there can hear, uh, my voice is not exactly in the best of shape. <laughs> yeah. uh, so sounds a little bit better than it did when we started, though. So I think maybe it's well. Worked. You know, I've been uh, doing my uh, my exercises, Kegel exercises, probably with uh, with a uh, anal plug. Oh. Um, easy. I'm just saying. <laughs> just be careful, man. You can, just saying. You can prolapse. Um, oh no, no! You put it down your throat. Never mind. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I can I can lean on this field if you uh, if you prefer. Oh, that's fine. Either, either way, I'm you know we we uh, I think we complement each other when we go through these. So as long as one of us takes a lead, I'm sure we'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> you say that, uh, <laughs> but wait, uh, there's more. Uh, so yeah, uh, so yeah, kicking it off. Uh, in a lot of ways, uh, we come into this movie already in progress. Uh, Isabel Marichal uh, is clearly uh, running from somebody, and the Anthony Stephan character is clearly investigating something uh, as he listens to the uh, the table behind him at the restaurant. Um, or maybe he's just really nosy. We, we're not a hundred percent sure. Uh, how he like initially gets involved in this thing, but he gets really irritated uh, when that groovy hippie chick uh, puts on her groovy hippie music uh, and interrupts his eavesdropping uh, in the uh, the opening scene there. Uh, so that's something to see. And of course, Anthony Stefan, um, you know, he's a guy who uh, kind of like, um, oh God, who's that other guy who I always forget? Uh, George Hilton. Uh, you know, oh, he just has yeah. that, he has that, he has that sort of blank blandness to him. Uh, and Hilt or, uh, Stefan more than, uh, Hilton, I think has a certain, um, 
what's the word? Uh, I'm going to make up a word. Brick facedness yeah. uh, to him. Stoicism uh, might be a good word. Th- that well, that's his attitude. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's that's kind of where he comes from, and, and that certainly plays in uh, with the movie. Well, it's always suited him for. Uh, you know, he's, with 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 spe- with yeah, westerns, yeah, yeah, because yeah. he's one of the more prevalent spaghetti western actors. Yeah, yeah, no, he is, he is, he is, and uh, that, for better or worse. Yeah, that's always. Uh, I I don't love him either. I, I think he's I think he's okay. Um, I don't run around, uh, you know, chasing down every Anthony Stephan film I can get a hold of. He's not that kind of actor for me. But yeah, 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 he's serviceable more so maybe in. In um, spaghetti westerns, than in Gialli. In more contemporary stuff. Yeah, but and but you know here he's unfortunately I think here the director kind of lets him down a little bit too because he's playing a blind guy and you don't even really I don't even know if you can figure that out for like the first well, twenty no, minutes. I, uh, no, 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 I no, I I'll, I'll give him credit. I I thought that he actually he uh, he he actually pulled that off fairly well. Uh, all things yeah. being equal, but I love that. I love that the, his his character uh, manages to be both uh, extremely successful and wealthy, but still manages to to like just sit there and feel sorry for himself yeah. uh, as just like a natural <laughs> state of being. Yeah. Um, and you know he uh, Stefan, you know I think he plays that well uh, because you know his face always you know looked kind of blank and emotionless. Yeah. Uh, which is how blind people kind of act, of course. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but you know, in all seriousness, uh, I, I think that I think that he 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 does manage to uh, to sell it uh, well enough for the uh, the movie. Yeah, uh, and and better than 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 some of the uh, the the blind uh, portrayals that I've seen in in movies. So I, I do give him credit for that. Yeah, uh, I, I mean it's not really his fault. Well, I guess it is uh, that he's uh, he's as dull uh, as he is, just like as a state of being. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's but, a little. Uh, I mean, in this, he's a little more dull than you would want him sure. to be. Um, yeah. But then yeah, again, yeah. you know, you, you make a point. I don't know how, you know, lively he would be as a blind man, and he uh, he took the approach of basically just being this kind of character who is letting things happen. Yeah. And of course, this this character is not an unusual character in a Gialli, the kind of makeshift detective type character. Usually, it's some type of. Uh, a musician or a painter or a, you know, it's usually something like that. So this adds the wrinkle of the blindness to the, uh, to the mix. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. And as these, uh, as Jolly tend to do, uh, you know, and as you kind of uh, leaned into there a little bit, uh, the movie does take place in the, the high glamour, you know, fashion world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we do get lots of European women ready to, uh, to drop trow yeah. uh, at any given point in time, <laughs> yes. uh, give the audience a, a, a quick, uh, cheap thrill. Uh, uh, but we also get the, the whole improbability, uh, of the method of murder. <laughs> yes. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. Uh, so. Well, so this, this, this is one of the more, and I think you'll agree with me on this one, this, this aspect that I'm getting ready to say. This is one of the more zoom heavy movies I think I've ever seen. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> there's so the, the, yeah, it's very very much uh, a product of uh, of its time stylistically. Uh, yeah. There's 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 so many so many fucking zooms. There's so many, you know, there's the, uh, all kinds of like handheld bizarre angles. There's lots of whip pans oh, that yeah. they're using constantly. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Uh and there's just tons 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 yeah. of like little psychedelic flourishes which yeah i mean if you know me at all you know i do not cotton to the whole hippy dippy 
fucking psychedelic fucking stuff uh, that was uh, prevalent throughout the 60s and 70s. Uh, and this movie has it in spades. Yeah, it does. Uh, well, you know, it, it also has an obscurely strange, in my opinion, soundtrack to it. It's a it's a weird one. I don't I don't know how I don't know if I liked it or if I loathed it. It's somewhere in between. Uh, I know that sounds like oh, basically you're Sammy. You're saying that you kind of liked it and you kind of didn't like it. Well, no, right. There's moments when I cringed, like the moment, <laughs> the moment when uh, Giovanni Lindsay's character, the the uh, I don't know if she's a pet shop clerk or what she is. I think uh, she's a heroin addict. Yeah, a former uh, uh, a former circus lady. I don't know what she is. She looks at a poster at one point. I'm pretty sure that's her and her that poster. But, yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, at some point she walks into a pet shop and she's just abusing birds and everything. And you're like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, uh, no, she worked there. No, oh, okay, yeah. Uh, I, I lived upstairs. Yeah. So uh, I know that the Stefan character at one point describes her as feted, which is uh, not a word. <laughs> that's not a word. That's not, uh, you know. Most we, people don't throw that around in casual uh, conversation. Yeah. Stoic, I do, but some yeah, people Throwing do. out the word stoicism earlier was uh, pretty fancy, but uh, what you don't <laughs> ever want to be called is feted. Uh, that's no, uh, no. That's bad. That that yeah, that's not good. That's not uh, something you want to be described as. That is a sign of badness. <laughs> when I think of the word "feeded," I think of sour milk. That's the first yeah, thing. Yeah, right. That's a that's a feeded smell that you never forget, right? I was thinking of cockroaches, but okay. Uh, no, that's a good one too. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that can uh, that can be a thing. Ugh. Cockroaches and linoleum, old yeah. linoleum. Maybe strong ammonia smell, like cat litter. Maybe yeah, feeded. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, which again. I don't own a cat. I'm not a cat person. Sorry for those who li- love uh, cats that listen to yeah, us. Yeah, this is not the show for you. Yeah. <laughs> We're both dog folks. We're dog folks, but uh, I'm sure people who aren't dog folks will tell you that they don't like the smell of dogs or all, well, the, reason, yeah. all the reasons not to like dogs. But- yeah, and, and speaking, speaking of cats, just really quickly, aside from the uh, the title, this movie just proves uh, my contention that cats are horrible little sacks of shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, this movie doesn't and, do cats any favors. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, no. And and the uh, the the the, uh, the leaping cat effect uh, that they use in a couple times in this movie is really something that you have to behold for yourself. I, you know, as much as I I, I hated all the zooming, um, uh, and and hate might be a strong word. I disliked it certainly, um, <laughs> but it, it's just because of its overuse. I think zooming. I think the zoom camera thing can work. Like if he'd uh, if Pastoria had only done it a few times. I think it would have been fine. And by a few times, I mean just in that cat zooming effect, which is so clunky yet awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of the lit eyes and everything else. It like it works. <laughs> it works. I don't know how it works, but it works. And I was I was on board for that. But yeah. some of the other zooms and move movements, camera movements and stuff were I like to use this word sometimes, intrusive. How's that? I was going to say fetid, but okay. <laughs> intrusively fetid, some of these. Uh, yes, nice. <laughs> it intrusively fetishized my stoicism. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds a little... That sounds like a fucking porn site. <laughs> Don't Google that. So, Don't. But no, I... You know, yeah, I, I'm in a gr- meat spinners. You know, it, this... <laughs> this is... <laughs> This is the weird. This is one of those weird uh, genre. It's very. It's very genre. It's very gialli. Yes, yes. And uh, that you know, our lead also walks around. I mean, he he essentially Stefan is a guy. He's got a cane. Yeah. He's almost Victorian in a weird yeah. way with his yeah. um, his tr- his uh, trench well, coat think, or his. I think that that's a, what a lot of gialli really wanted to be. Yeah, uh, was was much earlier, but yeah. because they were contemporary, so they kind of like they kind of played 
uh, played the field in a, in, a, in a way because they were these very like traditionalistic uh, sort of mystery um, uh, uh, stories, but they just they ramped up all of the uh, the contemporary aspects. Yeah. So they threw in like as much sex and violence as they possibly could, I'll give, and you know shitty looking paisley you know patterns and all yeah. that kind of thing. I'll give I'll give Stefan a little bit of credit. Uh, and what you said earlier and that he's very kind of droll here. And I think yeah. that the fact that his girlfriend has been killed maybe kind of justifies that. I guess he's going through some type of depression or something. But you're never really – like most Yali, you'll get more detail from reading other people's reviews than you will from watching the film well, itself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because you really – the thing about Jali I've always found interesting is the story elements, the way they're told, they're not always very clear. Uh, I don't know if that's just a genre thing or what, but um, I've always kind of appreciated the the, the Jali where the story is more clear. Yes. But, you know, I think because Argento was such a heavy influence on this genre, even though he's not the original quote-unquote Jali director, that would be, is that Bava or is that De Sica? It's one of the two. I think Bava's is the one that's considered the first one. The girl who, uh, with the uh, the uh, oh the, uh, the girl who knew too much or yeah 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 girls who knew too much and or blood and black lace yeah so I think he's considered the originator of it but you know Argento's the one that kind of picked up the ball and ran with it yeah well yeah uh, uh, Bava started it Argento kind of yeah. um, refined it mm-hmm. yeah and like I said there might be some argument that Desica may have st- I it, I don't I can't recall but. I cannot think of. Yeah, I I can't think of. We've it. never done any uh, Vittorio De Sica on the show, so not even Bicycle Thieves. No, no, no. We've never really? done. Okay, we've never done any. Uh, we've done very little, if any, neorealist cinema uh, on the show. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's very much a yeah. That's that's very much a yeah. It's not very genre heavy. Yes, yeah, no. not 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 something that we would ignore. Don't get me wrong; we tend to cover everything, but I just. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe I'll... There's not enough bush in uh, neorealism. Funny enough. There's a lot of bush in this, though. There's a lot of bush in this. Yes. A lot. There's... Lots. Yes. <laughs> I'll uh, let you get back but, to yeah, it. Sorry. Not, no, but like, like kind of what you're saying, uh, you know, there, there really was, I think, the opportunity here uh, to do something creative with uh, Stefan's disability uh, in line with something like the uh, the conversation. Mm. Um. Mm. And it kind of does in the way that it uses a uh, a partial clue uh, that we get at the start to kind of lead us through the uh, the film's mystery. Uh, But it doesn't really pay off uh, quite on that uh, as well as it could have or develop that as well as it could have. Um, I got to say that unfortunately or fortunately, you know, swing a dead cat, boom, uh, uh, Giacomo Rossi Stewart. Uh, I think looks an awful lot like Stefan, uh, <laughs> except for like a different hair color. Yeah. Uh, and maybe it's just me, but like at first I, I literally thought that Stefan was just playing two characters in the movie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, there's that, there's that unfortunate bit of, uh, of casting. Um, uh, but you know, as a, as a giallo, I think that this one, uh, checks all the boxes. Uh, there's a little bit of, uh, salaciousness, uh, you know, two of the characters are, uh, are lezzies, uh, and there's a character who's a, uh, you know, a junkie, um, and that's combined with, uh, you know, some, some, uh, nudity here and there. Uh, you get a killer with, uh, black leather gloves and an animal theme, uh, and the mysteries, 
you know, along the, the lines of, uh, you know, four flies and uh, bird with the crystal plumage and all that, or like the scorpion's tail and all that sort of shit. Um, you get a, uh, a hard-nosed uh, inspector who loves to get flustered and, and point fingers at every single character uh, just so that, you know, he can, uh, he can keep people being irritated. Um, you have the, uh, the amateur detective angle, uh, in Stefan, in the, uh, the Stefan character. Uh, and you have, uh, plenty of red herrings, which are, you know, it's only really, um, uh, emphasized, uh, by how exaggeratedly shitty or shifty, uh, you know, both, uh, that all the characters, uh, behave. Um, and I think that the film does all of these things about as well as any other Giallo ever did, really. Um. Uh, I, you know, I, I got to say that all things being equal, the writing isn't bad at all. No. Uh, all things considered, you know, I think that, you know, actually, um, maybe this thing, you know, could have gone further uh, with all of these uh, elements that it has. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, it, uh, you know, it, it actually winds up feeling, I think, a bit restrained. Mm. Uh, in these respects, for about like ninety nine percent of the uh, the runtime, yeah. uh, which you know in this in this particular genre, I think is kind of uh, a demerit, mm. uh, to be honest. But uh, by that same token, uh, it kind of feels like it wants to, yeah, uh, to kind of like cut loose and 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 go with uh, go with uh, what it what it has. You know, conversely, uh, I think that you know if I have a, a big gripe about the film. It's not that it's uh, it's not that this is style over substance, which is very much a hallmark uh, of the uh, the subgenre of Jolly in general, um, but that the actual uh, visual style is so incredibly uh, overbearing at times, and consequently it winds up being really really dated. Um, I mean, I think that naturally there are are some who would argue. Uh, that this is part of the whole point of the genre, mm-hmm. uh, particularly because of when it, uh, you know, came into existence and all that. But you know, I, I don't know how much of that I, I would agree with that, uh, because I think that uh, the the counter argument to that would be that um, uh, when you look at Argento, uh, his stuff is also uh, extremely stylish, uh, without really falling into this uh, this sort of trap. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know how much water that really holds. Mm. Uh, I really, really like speaking of the Calder films in particular, uh, as a label of themselves and the, the transfer, I, I really like how grainy, uh, the picture looks or mm. the print looks. Yeah. Uh, I love grain. I love film grain. I have always loved film grain. I have always said that I love film grain. Um, in the same way that I love, uh, newsprint comic books um so yeah i mean if you're uh, if you're old school if you actually enjoy uh celluloid uh then you will very much enjoy uh the look of this uh this particular blu-ray which i think looks quite good um there's the uh the big uh action finale uh, in the, uh, in the glass factory, which works on like a, a threat slash danger level. Yeah. Even if it kind of also relays on, um, uh, improbability, uh, as much as the, as the rest of the picture does, which again, this is part and parcel of Giallo. Mm. Um, uh, I mean, there's, there's almost like a, a like a Bond villain-esque death trap sort of thing going on here. 
at this point in the movie. Uh, but it's fun. And I think for, and for the most part, it's done very well. Um, but then after all of this is said and done, we've gone through all of this stuff. There's, there's one more twist, uh, and murder that, uh, that was actually, uh, pretty rough and grisly and graphic as all get out. Yeah. It might be one of the more graphic murders, uh, in any jalic. I mean, Dude, I, I, I saw that. I, I, my, <laughs> my jaw literally dropped. I was just like, you, oh, wow. Yeah. And I told Todd off the air, you know, I tend to watch these things in, in private because, you know, I got young kids in the house. And I'm glad I did because anybody walking in, even my wife walking in during this murder scene, it would be an uncomfortable conversation because it's, oh, yeah. It's easily one of the most graphic murder scenes. Maybe in any movie, uh, it's it's if not, it's up there, man. I'll tell you what, and, yeah. and you know, you will that, never, that, you will that, never forget it, ever. Do and and that and that this has has stayed under the radar, uh, considering the history of of horror movies uh, in general, uh, is just amazing to me. Yeah, uh, but I think that also this is where I think the film really kind of pays off. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, we get then, uh, you know, this quick, almost like superfluous, uh, Scooby-Doo sort of rundown, uh, <laughs> of everything that's, that's come before. I mean, come on, it is really, it is. um, we get this macabre, uh, insane reveal. This is out of left field. Does anything good be? Uh, and then we get what I think is, uh, one of the, the, the best freeze frame endings that this genre I think has ever put out. Yeah. Uh, maybe even... Maybe even um, uh, outdoing uh, pieces. Wow! Uh, in a way, yeah. Which is which is really saying something. Yeah, it uh, is. And you know, I I, I got to admit that this this thing really pulled the rug out from under me uh, <laughs> at the end. So yeah. you know, kudos. Yeah, no, so it, kudos for that. It totally does. It's a weird movie, um, and you kind of talked about this in, in in a lot of your talk there about the movie. The the like the story is kind of plotting for a while and yeah. it's kind of meanders for lack of a better word. And it just, it just kind of hangs around and I'm sitting there thinking, okay, well, you know, it's great that this is, this is, uh, this is a giallo that's readily available now that a lot of people haven't seen, including myself. That's really cool and stuff, but I, I'm not really understanding why there's such a push well, for this one. This yeah. Yeah. Uh, to get this one out. Uh, there's usually always something, and I just didn't know. And I, you know, I didn't read about it or anything. I went into this thing nope. cold. Yep. And uh, I'm glad I did because, like you said, and the last 10 minutes of this thing are absolutely bonkers. And, oh, my God. And it's, it's fantastic. like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's as good as the last 10 minutes of this are as good as anything, any, uh, you know, any kill or stylish bit that I've ever seen in any jelly. Right. Uh, yeah. It's pretty great. I can imagine yeah. being in a theater and seeing this with people, and I can imagine like people gasping during that moment because, <laughs> I mean, I I caught myself thinking, Jesus, you know what? What well, is it, going it really, on? It really, 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 really makes up for uh, a, a lot of the the deficiencies for me. Yeah, I mean, it's a hell, and that's where I think you're going to be surprised by my score because it came in much higher than I anticipated. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I'd, I'd have bet that if me and you had watched the first 30 minutes or 45 minutes of this and we had had a phone conversation or something, we'd have both been like, yeah, well, it's it's not really doing it for me completely. I mean, it's it's okay, right. but it's, right. Right. So, I mean, there's a couple of good kills here and there and it's, it, you know, nudity, all the, all the boxes are ticked. 
Well, yeah, no, that's the thing is that it feels it feels very very standard mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, up until you get to that last like fifteen minutes or so. Yeah, and it just it just fucking guns it. Yeah, yeah, it's like here we go. This is what I've been. It, it's kind of a nice setup because it's it's this almost what I've like been prepping you for. Yeah, this is what I've been prepping you for. But even though I've been prepping you for this, you're not gonna you're you're gonna be blown away either way because I got this oh, great yeah. idea, yeah. and uh, it 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 works. It works really well. Um, I, I I can't even. I mean, obviously we can't describe what happens because it's pretty much would ruin it nope. for anybody. But and I wouldn't no, want to no, do no. that. But man, it's <laughs> it's something. Let me tell you. And I agree. Yeah, what, the freeze frame is great. You, once you get past once you get past a certain segment of the movie, you're just gonna. You, I think most viewers uh, are gonna be all in. I think you do need to be. I don't think this is this would be a first uh, a first venture giallo that no. I would show people. No, um, because I think that you. I think that for for one to appreciate this thing, you kind of have to be a little more uh, into the the genre itself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I think that as far as being something very, very worthy of being out there and in, in, uh, the level of uh, quality that this is, I a hundred percent, uh, would include this because it, it is up there for me right now. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I don't think this would be a first, I mean, you have to be a little versed in the jolly yes. yeah. to really appreciate this one. Um, but if you've seen a handful, then you're good to go, uh, because, uh, like I said, that you know, and Todd has said too, it ticks all the boxes. But then it, it there's a there's a level of one upmanship on that back end that it's like, whoa. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Where yeah. where where did this come from? <laughs> and it just kind of blows you away that it, it you know it goes there. Um, it's 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 kind of amazing. Um, yeah, yeah. It's very uh, like I, I I couldn't I couldn't imagine. Uh, walking out of the the ending on this thing uh in a in like a, a 42nd street fucking oh, grindhouse man. yeah into the, the cold ass light of day and just being like oh what the fuck yeah what just happened <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that's that kind of ending i mean and and that's you know that that's a that's an art form in itself because you know endings are hard yes and yeah. uh as we've we've often well, they talked have to, about they have to they have to pay off at, at a certain level mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and you have to not feel cheated. And I think that this does not cheat you. And I think that it absolutely pays off. Yes. I totally agree with you. Uh, is that all you got? That's all I got. Um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed this one quite a bit. I was actually kind of stunned how much I did end up enjoying it because I I have to agree for the first 20, 30 minutes. I'm like, yeah, okay, well, you know, it's, it's doing everything it needs to do. Um, I'm not really getting behind Stefan too much as I typically don't because he's kind of, sure. he's kind of meh sometimes. And I'm just like, okay, well I'll ride this one out. I mean, it's, 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 it's decent. It looks good. It'll, it'll, it'll be fine. And then it just kind of, it just starts picking up more and more steam. And once it blows the steam, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, it, I mean, it just, it gushes and, uh, it kind of blew me away. And, Honestly, I got to say this too. I didn't see the red herring aspect of it either. Like it, it kind of, it kind of, it kind of got me. Uh, like I didn't expect the killer to be who the killer was. Yeah. Well, that, that there, I will say is, is a bit of a cheat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little bit. Yes. Um, because they really don't give you any, 
uh, enough clues to be able to put that uh, put that together on your own. Yeah, I I, th- I think if there's any real flaw with the movie, it's like most jelly. It you know it it just it has some pacing issues. Uh, you know, it's only a ninety. It was a ninety-eight minutes, maybe ninety, yeah. something like that. Out there, yeah. Yeah, and and maybe it could have been a little shorter here and there. Maybe there's maybe a little too many. I think this one was shot in uh, Copenhagen, so I think, uh, um, you know, there may be maybe just a little too much travelogue type photography here. Uh, there are some scenes with uh, Stefan just kind of walking around, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, that's something the Italians always have done because, you know, they they tend to go somewhere and shoot a movie and they're going to get as much production value as they can. Yeah, but again, that that's also like part and partial, yeah. 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 I mean, we just talked about that with the, the Pajama Girl case, right? With the, yep. uh, they only shot some of it in Australia, but they made sure to get as much of that in there as they could. They hit all the all the sites in Sydney and stuff like that. And yes, that's just, we call it Australia. Yeah, that's, that's just smart movie making, though, because, I mean, if me and you are going to go to, I don't know, uh, Chicago and shoot a movie we're going to try to you know put scenes where there's some landmarks there to make sure everybody knows we're in Chicago so yeah. that way when we do the other stuff that we can't do in Chicago because it's too expensive we've already established that we're quote-unquote in Chicago well just like the that uh, the chase scene in uh, in the hunter yeah exactly exactly you know which is a movie that you know I could never figure out when I was a kid if it was shot in California or Chicago and you come find <laughs> out it's shot in both so you know, you just do what you got to do. Exactly. I don't know why I never figured out that he was flying back and forth, but I just never did. So <laughs> anyway, um, I, you know, I, I do think that the, the movie does have some pacing issues and it does have maybe one too many. And this is a weird thing to say, because I know you got to have this in some way in these movies, but maybe one too many strange faces, not strange as in strange looking, but stranger faces maybe uh mm. maybe one too many murders of characters that i don't understand uh like he gets a little murder happy um at some point like uh, she expl- uh, there's there's some ex- explanation for certain things to happen but mm. I, at some point it just started to feel like pure exploitation just murder scenes for murder scenes sake and uh i enjoyed that but it it seemed a little odd, but maybe it was supposed to throw you off. Uh, I don't know. Uh, either way, um, it's it's a weird it's a weird genre to criticize. Uh, I've often said this about Gialli because they're they're just so basic. It's almost like it's it's hard to criticize slashers for me because I am fully committed when I go into a slasher. I am fully there. I'll be honest with you. I'm fully there for just the kills. I'm I'm there for the special effects. I'm not really there for the deep story. I'm not saying I don't want a story in my slashers. I do like stories in my slashers, but it's it tends to have to be some type of urban legend type thing or something like that, or okay, maybe a holiday type thing. It doesn't have to be super deep. I just need it to be interesting enough for me to get through that slasher material um, and get to where I want to be. Now, of course, obviously, there's great examples of masterpiece slashers, but you know, I mean, something like. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think of something off the top of my head. Something like the Prowler, which is around what what Valentine's Day or something, or or maybe that's not Valentine's Day. Well, that'd be that'd be yeah, that'd be Happy Valentine. What, what's that one called? Uh, the one in Canada, the Valentine. The, uh, uh, oh God, my bloody Valentine. My bloody Valentine. Jesus, I can't believe I drew a blank on that. But something like that, where the story is there, 
but it's it's kind of bare bones just to get the kills in. Yeah. And uh, but it works. It works, right? Yeah. So when I go into a jelly, I'm kind of thinking the same thing. I just need a bare bones story. Yes. Uh, I know I'm going to get some skin. I know I'm going to tend to get what was quote unquote hot fashions at the time, <laughs> uh, which are you know it's very twiggy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this does do all that, but it just it it does kind of it does kind of linger a little bit too. And uh, again, some of the filmmaking a little zoom happy, maybe a little too zoom happy. Yes. Um, it felt like Pastore. Well, like maybe. I said, yeah, it's very, very, very much, very, very of its time. Yeah, and I'm not real familiar with his filmography. I, I've never seen anything except this movie. So maybe he felt he needed to do that. Maybe this is the only jolly in his filmography. I feel like it might be. Uh, he died young, unfortunately. Uh, I think he was only yeah. 55 or something like that when he died. So, um, you know, dying young, that's... Uh, that's an awful thing, but I mean, uh, it seems like he may have had more in him uh, right. to make. I'm looking through his filmography now, and it looks like he made some Italian sex comedies. What a great title this one has! A uh, Chris Christentiums for a bunch of swine mm. from 1968. What a great title that is! Looks like it's that a, delicious. Well, it's a spaghetti western, uh, which is interesting. I've never seen it. Stars Edmund Purdom and uh, Gianni Manera. I've never seen it. Uh, well, this to... one uh, looks like a, a giallo. Uh, Apocalisse di un terremoto. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, I see a trench coat in that picture there. Yeah, and the chicks, well, and the uh, the typography and everything else. Yeah, that one's written. written a former by... dancer, something, something is stalked by something, something. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what the plot is. It's written by his wife, so that might be. Ah. That might be. But yeah, I see some uh looks like she did some uh she worked with him quite a bit. So I would like to to watch uh, the diary of uh Fanny. Yeah. No, there's there's I mean because Fanny. Yeah, these uh yeah, some of these uh Italian posters make me really wanna <laughs> Yeah, check some of these movies out, right? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. if you've ever seen Italian uh sex comedy posters or Oh, they're uh, the best. Yeah, they're they're pretty uh they're pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's a whole genre that we you know nobody really ever talks about. I mean, they talk you talk about if you really wanted to do a niche podcast, you could really do one uh, on just Italian sex comedies because they made a lot yeah. of those. They made a lot of them. Um, yeah, I don't really have much more to add. Uh, I agree with you pretty much, uh, part and parcel with this one because it sounds like you pretty much had the same experience I had, and then. Uh, yeah, if I if I just saw this in a theater, like at a film festival or a get together in a in a in a living room or a movie room, somebody's house or something, and it got to that end and it was over, I would have been looking at the person next to me like, can you can you believe what we just saw? Uh huh. And that and it you know, we're jaded film buffs because we've Big seen time. so much yeah. stuff. Yeah. So to have a moment where you're kind of like you know, for lack of a better term, jaw dropped. Uh, th- those don't come up very often. So no, no. I you know I I no, would so kudos. Yeah, definitely. So I'll kick it over to you for MBTs and make or breaks. Uh, so make or break. I mean, yeah, it's the last five minutes. I mean, there's some really delicious uh stuff in there. Uh, and I I think that uh, you owe it to yourself, um, to uh to see it for yourself. Uh, and and I especially because I think that you have to, I I do think that you have to experience. 
the first 90 minutes of the movie uh, initially in order to get the full effect of the payoff. Uh, but that's just me. Uh, MVT, I'm going to go with Pastori. Uh, I think that aside from uh, some dated techniques, uh, he does manage to keep the movie together and to keep it moving along for the most part. Uh, and score for me, uh, I'm going seven out of ten. Uh, yeah, I like this thing uh, uh, more than uh, more than I uh, I anticipated, and I'm, I'm glad it's out there. Uh, I, I will say this about both of these movies: uh, just a little bit of spoiler action here for the the next review. Uh, I I put these back onto the uh, the bottom of my to watch pile. Uh, just because uh, I, I really do want to rewatch both of them uh, with the uh, the commentary tracks uh, mm-hmm. that they have. This one has a uh, Troy Howarth uh, commentary track, and I think the other one has Cat Ellinger yeah. uh, doing a commentary track on it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm very, 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 very much uh, looking forward to those. Yeah. Uh, so that's just one more reason uh, that I would uh, suggest that folks uh, go over to Diabolic and, and pick these up. So. Yeah, those both of those folks, uh, Cat Ellinger and uh, Troy Howarth. Um, very, very solid, uh, Euro, yeah, Euro yeah. cult historians, uh, you get a lot of info from those folks. Indeed. Um, yeah, uh, I'm trying to think, make a break for me. I, yeah, I got to go with the finale. I mean, it's unforgettable. I mean, and yeah, it really is, you know, when you've seen thousands of movies at this point in your life, you know, to have a moment that's unforgettable is, is <laughs> it's a rarity. Um, yeah, it's wow. Yeah. I, I'm still thinking about it to this, you know, this very moment. <laughs> um, my MVT for the movie, I'm going to go with, oof, I, I'm going to go with that story. I mean, I, 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 I don't really like all the zooming and stuff. Uh, I get it. No, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's definitely, but, but at the same time, I mean, that's, I mean, this is kind of, this is kind of what the guy was as a yeah. filmmaker. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I, you know, I'm going to go with him. Um, there is some pretty good acting in it. Maybe not from Stefan. He's he's fine. He's serviceable. But that's pretty much, in my opinion, and it sounds like pretty much yours. His his career, pretty much in a nutshell. He's always kind of been serviceable. Um, but there are some some nice moments from uh, a lot of the actors and actresses in the movie. But yeah, the story. I'm gonna go with him. My score is the same as yours. Seven out of ten. We're on the same nice. page with this thing. It, it the, you know I kind of talked about it off the air before we start going you know there, it is a bit of a slog in spots there's no doubt about it it's definitely not perfect and it's not perfectly paced but it really pays off and, oh yeah and uh, I think in this genre you got to have that you got to have you got to have pay you got to have that payment you got to have that payback that pay forward you got to you got to do everything you can man yes as uh, as a certain uh, soul singer would say the big payback yes. It's good stuff. Um, yeah, and there is there's two commentary tracks on this one. There's Troy Harworth and uh, I can't remember the other gentleman's name. And I so I apologize, Nathaniel Thompson maybe. And uh, then there's a a, pod, a couple podcasters uh, from a podcast. And God forgive me, I don't remember that one either. Uh, so I'm sorry to those folks, but uh, check it out. I think you'll. Uh, I'll probably be checking out their podcast uh, because they're evidently a Jolly podcast. So I might I might check that out. See what see what's going on now, um, but there's also some other good stuff here. Some kind of behind the scenes moments and some uh, moments with Pastore's daughters where they talk about his career and about their dad and stuff like that. And, um, I haven't gotten into all of them, but it's uh, it's a hell of a package. Here's one of the old 
Personal favorite songs, right there. Believe it or not, I love really? that song. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Love it. I think I first. I'm. I'm not gonna be. I'm gonna be honest with you. I think I probably first heard it. My dad was a Leonard Skinner fan, so I think there's a Leonard Skinner. I know there's a Leonard Skinner version of that song out there. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's probably how most people know it. To be honest with you, um, but uh, yeah, no, I love that uh, J.J. Kale version. Uh, that kind of bluesy, southern kind of boogie woogie type stuff. I've always been a fan of that kind of stuff, so it is what it is. Maybe it's because I grew up in the South. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Might have something to do with it. Could be. All right. So our next movie, um, I'm going to try to <laughs> try to describe this thing. I'll see what the IMDb plot synopsis says, but uh, anyway. Uh, Beyond Terror, 1980, uh, Tomas Aznar. Uh, this is a Spanish, I believe, horror film. Yes. Uh, strange supernatural events plague three crooks after they burn an elderly devil worshiper alive in her own house, along with her adolescent grandson. I think adolescent is a bit of a stretch there. This guy, this kid, yeah. he's a kid, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this movie I had never heard of and never seen. Nope. And uh, one of the things I love about boutique labels, and this includes Jesse's label with Cauldron, is uh, I appreciate the ones I understand when they have to go out and get the stuff that you know they know is going to sell because you got you're running a business. Yep. But I also really appreciate when they go out and get the stuff that I know nothing about, because again, as a film enthusiast, uh, I like to see something that I've never seen. Yeah. Uh, as much as possible. Uh, obviously, I rewatch a lot of stuff. We all do. But um, this was one I'd never seen, and I know you had never seen. We we never seen either one of these, so. No, no, no. So, um, this one, uh, <laughs> this one kind of defies description in some ways because this thing, this is trans. I'd say this is transgressive. This is transgressive. This, this cinema. falls in. This falls into line with uh, films like Burial Ground and Beyond uh, the Darkness and Patrick still um, lives a little. Patrick bit. still lives. Yeah. Yep. Uh, this is very much in that vein. Yes. This movie uh, totally feels like an exploitation movie that is made to offend mm-hmm. and yeah. to be as offensive as possible. Yeah. Um, but not in a, and this is a weird thing to say, not in a truly tasteless way. <laughs> uh, even though it is tasteless, uh, it's not... <sighs> I mean, it's it's a weird well, thing. It's a weird balance because it's overt, but at the same time, it's kind of subliminal. At the same time, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, there's there's okay. So so like one 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 kind of quick poke at that would be my 
the observation that you know the people in dialogue in this thing are, are like really earthy let's say <laughs> uh and not just like the main character like everyone in this thing is kind of like piggy and blunt oh god uh, yeah. it's like like the other f word uh, yes. is thrown around more than once oh yeah uh, and y'all know which one I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, and you know, there's like, and, and, and like, there's, there's, this, <laughs> there's the one scene uh, early on, uh, like a guy grabs a woman's ass and, and like, he asks her if she, she won a contest for it at, at, at like a disco. Uh, it's, it's, it's that kind of thing. Yeah. Grabs her ass um, and asks if she won a big ass contest. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and you just, so, so yeah, I, I, I think that, um, anybody who has any kind of hangups, uh, about, uh, offensiveness would want to stay away from this. Yeah, this is actually, you know, in in our times nowadays, this it's kind of a breath of fresh air to get a film that is overtly as offensive as this. And oh yeah, yeah, uh, because you know we we were everything's well, so that's safe. Exactly what, that's exactly what I like about it. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's I mean, that, and that's what you you when you go to movies like this or when you see movies like this. I mean, that's what you want. That, that that's the whole point of exploitation cinema. The whole point of you exploitation do, you do, cinema. But I mean, I think you you you, you kind of hit on the point, which I really don't want to get into, yeah. uh, like in, in depth. But it's yeah. just that you know we, we shouldn't have to say that like this thing is a breath a breath of fresh air right now. No, 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 no. We shouldn't. No, have we to should, say we should just be able to take this thing like roll with the punches. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but that it is there, I, I really do appreciate. Yeah, it very much. Well, I think you know it's you know if anybody checks this out, you know, due to a recommendation from us, either yay or nay which sure you know i kind of know where you stand on this and you probably kind of know where i stand on this one uh I get, I get you know well, idea. yeah well i mean so every anybody that's ever listened to this show and has listened to it for if you've listened to it for the last 12 and a half years 13 years then you know that i enjoy things that push boundaries uh yes, the reason do. being is you know boundaries are great they exist for a reason yes but I think pushing boundaries makes us question things, not question the boundary itself, but it makes us question things about our existence, our culture, our all, everything. Well, but that's why we have boundaries in the first Correct. place. Correct. That's why they're there. They exist yeah. in order for us to be able to say, "This is the sandbox. This is what this is what we can do." Yeah. Uh, and then you know you you push at those things, and then that's how we expand. Yeah. Uh, is you know we make this we make the sandbox bigger by yes. poking at the edges. That's right. Right. Uh, and when we don't have a sandbox at all, then nothing means anything. That's right. Uh, and you know, so I mean, you, you kind of need, uh, restrictions, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, in order to be able to grow. Yes. That's my take. Yes. That's, that's always been my, my perspective on that. And, pretty much. Everything. Yeah. And then that's, that's kind of the take on transgressive cinema alone. I mean, that's, Absolutely. That, that's what it's Absolutely. there for. Transgressive art transgressive novels anything that's transgressive right, right. if it's just, if it's if the if you don't have anything to compare it against as like some sort of i don't i, I hesitate to use this word but like a moral thing mm -hmm. uh like some moral uh perspective to 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 compare it against then it, you, they, what is it transgressing yes exactly. then what is the point then exactly. who are you shocking if mm -hmm. you have nothing to shock against right uh, this might be you can't have good without evil. You can't have bad without you know good. You can't have black without white. It's, yeah, that's that's the way that it works. We have to have certain binaries uh, in order to to shade in the gray between. This might be the most anti-Puritan film we've ever done. <laughs> it's up there. <laughs> it is up there. Uh, maybe there's a few others, but I I gotta say, so this movie shares a lot with 
in a in a lot of ways with uh, kind of the nastier Italian stuff and kind of the nastier '70s cinema stuff that uh, so many people know about. Stuff like uh, Last House on the Left. Stuff like uh, yeah, uh, maybe not Cannibal Holocaust in some ways because well, maybe because it's got. I don't a bit- think I don't think it quite goes to that because I think it's a little too heightened yeah it's heightened it's it's nihilistic but it, it's 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 a heightened type of nihilism is, is that yeah type? nihilism sure yeah, yeah. nihilism nihilism sure, sure sure uh either way uh we're using fancy words either this way. week we gotta calm down we're getting a little too uh, hoity-toity get with our fucking ahead of yourself yeah. you're getting all full of yourself there son so this movie has a bunch of people in it i've never seen uh, that i know of and anything else um so a bunch of unique faces uh, mm-hmm. Which I kind of enjoyed because yes. you know it really kind of adds to the the kind of uh, weirdness of this piece of world cinema. And when I say weird, I mean that this movie, if if there is a unspoken law, or as Todd said earlier, maybe a better word is a moral. If there is one of those that exist, this movie goes out of its way to break it. <laughs> oh God, yeah. And yeah. it, it's kind of fun in that way. Um, it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. I'll Definitely say that right not. now. Um, so, you know, be warned. Um, I think a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people are going to be turned off by this thing yeah. within the first, like, mm, 15 minutes. Well, some of the... Not not, 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 the, not the initial, uh, like, 5 to 10, because I think that the film, it does have a fairly uh, lengthy setup. Well, it's like a rape uh, to revenge get into movie. The story. Yeah, you, at first you think this is going to be like some type of rape revenge film or something. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. Because it's it's really it's it, dude. The, the movie starts off. It's really like quiet, and you're kind of like uncomfortable for a little bit of it because it feels like, uh, um, it feels a lot like you know the calm before the storm in a way. So so that when the the shit really does go downhill in pretty spectacular fashion early on. Yeah. Uh, I think that it feels earned. Yeah. Uh, in a sort of a sort of way because it's only like they, they use like. Like the first ten minutes of the movie, there's they they only use natural sounds, uh-huh. um, you know, right up until the the that that prog rock uh, credit music kicks in, <laughs> yeah. uh, which only emphasizes the un, the uneasiness of the thing. Yeah, no, uh, I, and it's speaking it's speaking of uneasy, you know, I gotta say, parking your car on the side of the road like that guy does mm-hmm. is just begging to get hit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Dude, he does one of the shittiest fucking side of the road fucking park jobs I've ever seen. It that's like a bad. that's like a, I got to piss right now fucking park job. Yeah, yeah, that is. It's an emergency emergency deal there. Oh yeah, but I agree with you. I mean, the first ten minutes of this, it's, it feels like it's going to be one movie, and then the movie just continues to change the path that you think it's going to go down, and it yes. just. And it gets really, it, it, it's a weird movie because it mixes in the supernatural. And then it, and once the supernatural gets in there, you're sitting there watching it and you're like, what in the hell is going on? <laughs> you don't even know. They end up at this uh, old church, which may as well be the cover of a Led Zeppelin album or something. I mean, <laughs> that's what it looks like anyway. Uh, I would have I said Jethro Tull, but okay. Yeah, either way. I mean, it looked yeah, like it looked, one. Yeah, it looked like you know one of those kind of fantasy rock band type yep. album yep. covers. And, you're, and, you're, and, and then you know, at first I was a little confused. I'm like, is is that the same boy? Is that not the same boy? Uh, what are we? What's going on? That boy was just burned in a house in like a home invasion moment. Um, there's just so much weirdness going on, and you know, at the time there there's male nudity in here. Then there's Yep. female nudity and then there's a you know just to let everybody know there's a sex scene in a church there's yep. Yep. incest yep. there's uh 
dog violence. Yeah. Uh, there's a, there, you don't see anything happen for everybody. I yeah. Think. You don't see anything happen, but there is a moment of them beating the shit out of a dog. Yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's played safely. I think, I don't think anybody really hit the dog, but it, it's, yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's any, there's kind, no, uh, like actual, no, it's uh, kind of brutal though, because you hear all the yelping, right? It's, yes. Yeah, uh, it's, which is enough. It's unpleasant. I'll just say that. Yes. Okay. Yes. As a dog lover, we had a cat film first. Now we got a dog film in a way, and it's unpleasant yeah. to say the least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some good comeuppance with the dog, though. So there's some good moments there. And this movie, and when I say it defies description, it's just like everything that you think they're not going to do, they just turn around and do it. Yeah. And I think that makes it kind of special i don't think it's a masterpiece in no way shape or form i think it's, i would absolutely agree with it's that. a bit of a mess yes it but, is absolutely but it's so much fun in the way that it works so hard to push boundaries um i mean the incest angle alone would be enough for some folks but i mean and that and that is one of the more uh maybe hard to swallow pardon the pun uh yeah moments in the movie <laughs> moment ultimos but i mean just to give you an idea there's there's just an insane sequence where they're just destroying things in a church they're setting things on fire one of the person decides one of the guys decides he's going to masturbate right there yep it, it's like what are we doing you know it, it's one of those things where it's like the director's like i'm going to just try to offend everybody i possibly can by questioning everything that we hold dear uh, and that religion. I mean, there's a reason why it's done in a church, right? He's make to me, he's making a statement. Yes. He's saying, you know, there's these rules, there's these morals, there's these codes, but what if we have a group of folks who are questioning all these things and then the people that are pushing back on them are actually even darker than these kids that are doing that particular thing. It does. It does. But I would argue that when you get to moments like that and the way that it's done in here, when you're being this um, finger in the eye uh, as Asnar is with mm-hmm. this movie, um, it tends to come off a lot more um, juvenile mm-hmm. than I think it's intended. Because I think that behind the camera, he's thinking to himself, I mean, like we've been saying uh, about pushing boundaries and, and, you know, you know, trying to, to get people to, to maybe rethink or think uh, about certain things in a different way. And I think that when, when you get to a certain, once you reach a certain level uh, of, of, and I hesitate to use this word, but it's the only word I could think of, ridiculousness, mm-hmm. um, then I think that, you know, you, you kind of are starting to strip away the audience's willingness or desire at that point to really give a shit about what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they just are either are into the the elements um, or they're kind of laughing at the elements. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's kind of what this movie does. Yeah. Uh, in a certain way. Because I, I, I do think that it has, I do think it has certain things going on uh, behind the camera. Uh, I don't know how well I would say that it's pulled off because of that, because it's so intent on trying to be offensive. Yes. Um, 
you know, but at the same time, I mean, you know, I, I give it credit for, for doing those things. Yeah. Uh, even though, even though, you know, you do kind of sit there and you're just like, oh, this is so fucking silly. Yeah. Um, well, but, the dialogue, you know, the dialogue throws you off at first because it is so overtly profane. Oh yeah. That you're yeah. just thinking well, to yourself. I mean, you, 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 get, you get the sort of a self-serious pontificate high bear. Yeah. Uh, he, <laughs> the guy, he's saying things like, uh, you know, this is a direct quote, by the way. Go away, man. Uh, he, he says, uh, quote, unquote, we shall send a potent stream of semen to all those that deny sex. I mean, you know what? Yeah. 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 But this is, but this is the kind of thing that I totally expect from a film like this. And, you know, in, in this regard, then it, it delivers. Yes. Um, so, you know, I, I, I do give it, you know, the credit for that. Um, yeah, and, no, you know, I, and, and the other characters play along with it. So I mean, yeah. but but it adds it adds into this whole because I mean that's kind of it kind of is how they that that's kind of the the the, um, uh, the entry point I think for Asnar to get into like the supernatural aspects of the movie uh, because you know once we hit the, the 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 deconsecrated church or whatever you know we get into the the, the supernatural stuff with you know the, and, you, and you start getting like the echoing of voiceovers and you get you know all this all this sort of stuff um and and you have the characters who you know have no problems with blaspheming mm-hmm. uh in a church and you know that's not smart in this kind of movie right um but i mean that that's kind of the point mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, because, you know, the whole point of this is, you know, comeuppance, um, and, and not necessarily, you know, in terms of a, uh, um, uh, comeuppance from, let's say, uh, a, a Christian God per se, uh, because nothing about the, the comeuppance, you know, really, uh, speaks to that. Uh, but I know obviously, and as the, uh, the, 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 the synopsis that you read, uh, kind of lends itself to, which I don't know how much I, I agree with that. Right. Uh, you know, the, the, uh, the old lady and her son being Satanists, I don't know about that, but well, they, um, I mean, by the time you get to the end of the film, you kind of figure some of that stuff out, but I mean, there's no way like none of that makes at first. It's just, it made none of that makes any sense at all. And, no. and I agree. No. I, I, you know, I think one of the great things about the movie and, and I, and I love this about any movie, be it good or bad. Even a movie I can't stand sometimes. If if a, if a filmmaker and the actors and the story, if it fully commits to what it's trying to do, then I'm on board in some regard, even if I don't like it. Um, oh yeah. And yeah. I and I have to say, of all the things about this movie, it completely commits. <laughs> oh yeah. To everything it's trying to do, um, and that it is, you know, that 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 gives it a level of appreciation that I probably wouldn't give uh, very many films. I I, th- I think that this thing has been released on Blu-ray and we should say it looks amazing on Blu-ray. Yeah, it has it looks way better than it has any right to. Yeah, and it it's amazing to me that I've never come across this movie. Uh being especially somebody who pursues this kind of cinema. Mm. It's kind of amazing to me that I've never come across it until now. Uh and now it's one of those ones where because it's only 83 minutes long it's one of those ones where I think, you know, if I know somebody who's into this kind of stuff, like I would show it to them. I'd be like, oh, you want to see something kind of bonkers? You know, you want to see something crazy? Mm-hmm. I'll show you a pretty crazy movie. And I mean, the movie doesn't shy away. I mean, it, it covers all exploitation elements. I mean, it's got gore. It's got, uh, you know, uh, 
as as terrible as it is to say, some a little bit of animal cruelty. It's got you know rape. It's got sadism. It's got you know incest. I mean, anything that's taboo is pretty much covered here. I mean, they burn a kid alive for Christ's sake. It's yeah. it's insane, and it's just like I can't believe this movie keeps going there. And that's really the main thing. It, it was kind of like that last you know fifteen minutes of Crimes of the Black Cat when I was just kind of like jaw dropping. I was sitting there watching this. And and the filmmaking isn't as good. I think the filmmaking's better with uh, Black Cat. But uh, Thomas Asnar, I'm the director here. The filmmaking's not as great, but there's so many moments here where you're just like, wow. I mean, that seems kind of uncalled for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, its roughness is its pedigree, I think. Yeah, and and that's that's the the main reason to watch it. I mean, it is a true exploitation film. I mean, it is through and through to the bone, exactly what you think it is. Now, yeah. I will say I agree with you. The some of the basic plot synopsis is biker gang versus Satanist. Uh, I don't know if they're much of a biker gang and that they have bikes. Um, that's about all I could say. There's another great quote in here too. You talked about the, uh, the semen quote, but the other one of my other favorite quotes in here is, uh, hashish mixed with, uh, camel (laughs) diarrhea, which is a, you know, a weird thing to bring up. I I don't know how many camels there are in Spain, but I guess there's enough that they can mention camel (laughs) diarrhea. I don't know. I'd, I'd imagine if a camel gets diarrhea, it's not a good thing. Well, I think we've all been there. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure anything that lives and, and dies is going to get a little bit of diarrhea every now and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just, there's weird moments in here. And like you said, you know, there's these moments where characters are just incredibly cruel to each other for no reason other than just to be cruel to each other. And I'm not talking about physically. Uh, I'm talking about like there's the one scene where this poor drug, uh, and it's a weird thing to say, this poor drug uh, selling guy, this poor drug dealer, uh, the the girl is like talking about how bad his breath is and what a shithead he is and everything, and you almost feel sorry for the guy because yeah. he's yeah, one of, yeah. he's one of the most normal people in the movie, <laughs> and it's like what the hell is going on? The drug dealer is more normal than anybody else. Uh, it's it's just a really bizarre creation of a movie that I, I mean, it's unique. I, I I don't think I would forget this. If I saw this in any way, uh, before this release, I would have never forgotten it. I mean, it, it's, it's unforgettable. I don't, it's certainly not great. It's a solid movie. I don't think it's great. Um, because it's kind of amateurish in a way. And, uh, even at 83 minutes, there's moments when I'm just like, come on, let's move, move on a little bit. But, Yep, and yep. maybe even some of that maybe i wanted more um but the story is so bare bones and so set up just to offend you and then there's this moment of ultra violence <laughs> uh toward the end of the movie which both of our movies tend to have these moments at the end that i didn't expect uh and you you probably know what i mean oh yeah and that comes that comes out of nowhere and it's it's very uh, it's indescribable and yet i couldn't recommend it enough for folks who like this kind of movie if you like euro sleaze gore films from the 70s and 80s i would highly recommend you purchase this movie oh yeah 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 because it is it is out there let me tell you it is out there (laughs) It's definitely absolutely out there. Yeah, and that's all I got on my side. Okay. Uh, well, a couple of other things. Not really a whole hell of a lot. Um, because this is very a very spare movie. Um, 
I think that, well, I don't think, uh, the main characters are all irredeemable, uh, especially Lola, uh, played by uh, Raquel Ramirez, oh, yeah. uh, who almost seems to be more ruthless just to make up for her gender uh, in a way. Uh, she really seems to be like the worst of them and with like a massive, massive chip on her shoulder. Uh, but you know, all of the characters really are, are just kind of, uh, complete animals. Uh, so naturally, you know, we'll delight in the, uh, the bad shit that's going to happen to them. Uh, and, and you'll be genuinely, genuinely, um, uh, concerned for the innocent people, uh, who they victimize, who are also, uh, not Lily pure. Uh, the one guy, you know, who they, uh, they take hostage, gives up his wife, uh, to Nico and the gang, uh, if they'll let him go. And then his wife, uh, isn't above using what she has, uh, just to save her, her own skin, uh, either. Yeah. Uh, you know, she gives, she gives herself over to these, uh, to these, uh, hooligans, which is almost um, like, it felt like such an Italian cinema moment. It did, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, there's the, but there really is, I think I, the, the movie does actually, uh, convey a real sense of threat here, uh, with the, with these people, because everything is so volatile. Everybody is so volatile in this movie. Uh, and the fact that, you know, and, and like we said, they do, they do beat and shoot uh, a dog, uh, and, you know, and bring a, a child and an old lady into their shenanigans only kind of seals this, I think for the audience, yeah. uh, to kind of get them on the side of, you know, these guys got to go. Um, I think that in a lot of ways, uh, the, uh, the level of, uh, of cruelty, uh, in this thing kind of surpasses, uh, the level that we might expect from, you know, like you just said like two seconds ago, uh, that we might expect from an Italian sleaze and horror movie at the time. Um, in fact, I would argue that, uh, that this movie, uh, <laughs> does far better, uh, than any horror elements, uh, that it has. It's debatable if he in fact was going down on her during that scene. Right. I mean, if that's, I mean, if that's it, fake, it's, it's, I was pretty well convinced. Yeah. He's, well, he's in there. He's in there oh, pretty good. Oh yeah, he's yeah. He's in there he's, going uh, uh, territory. He's, going his <laughs> he's doing everything but humming. Yeah, yeah. If you know what I mean, ladies. Hey, he's down. Uh, there. He's, <clears throat> he's getting in there. He's giving it the old so, college try. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's taking one for the gipper. Um, <laughs> so th- there's some uh, there's some pretty bad miniature uh, use here oh, for yeah. the house fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I get why it was done, but it does stand out. Um, yeah, it does. I, I think that, uh, some of the sets, uh, at the, uh, the old church and the catacombs there are, uh, are very nicely moody and atmospheric. And I think that they're a lot, lot, lot. I think that they're, uh, lit and, uh, and shot, uh, very nicely. Um, but the movie is, um, I mean, this thing is about as, it's about as stripped down as it's possible to get, I would argue. Um, you know, this is a story about, uh, bad people doing bad things and getting their comeuppance. Uh, and as far as that goes, I think this does this well enough. Uh, but I also think that you know you could look at this movie if you wanted to, uh, in a more expansive way, um, since all of the characters are you know shitty to some degree or another. Uh, you could kind of look at this uh, as being a parable uh, to keep people generally uh, you know more on the straight and narrow, uh, and kind of like we were talking about with you know pushing boundaries and all that sort of thing, like you know capital M man. Uh, may not be able to stop criminals from being criminals and scumbags from being scumbags, but a higher power or, you know, lower power, depending, uh, will. Um, and one of the things that I, I found kind of interesting, um, just on, as on like a, a sort of thematic level is that the characters literally get driven to hell, <laughs> yes. uh, in the movie. So, um, 
yeah, I, I like that about it. But, you know, with all this in mind, um, I, I also, you know, found myself getting a bit antsy, uh, around the midpoint, you know, kind of like you were, you were, uh, getting at there. Mm-hmm. Um, because the movie, I think, I think it wants to be more gloomy and suspenseful than it actually is. Yeah. Uh, where I think that it would have been better, uh, had it gone for the gusto with the horror elements in the same way that it had with the violence and the sleaze. Right. Um, I think that that being said, uh, you know, like the, the, the you know, like stuff like, uh, the pile of oozing crap on the floor is pretty foul. <laughs> yes. I mean, I saw that and I was just like, Oh, I did a little bit of, you know, I got a little bit of puke in my, in the back <laughs> yeah. of my throat. Uh, but I, I just think that Asnar, I think that he could have done a better job of parsing these things out. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I guess there's something to be said for, for holding off until the, the very end. Right. I, and you know, once we, once we do hit the final 10, 15 minutes of this thing, it does get a lot of fun. Yes. Um, though there's, there's, <laughs> there's still a lot that's, that I, I found it was inexplicably, uh, kept off screen. Yes. Uh, but still, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, by that same token, I, I did have enough of a good time with this thing, uh, that, you know, I, I honestly, uh, would give it a recommend kind of like what you were saying to be like, you know, but not, yeah, again, in the, in the same with the same attitude as not wanting to show crimes of the black cat to somebody who's not familiar with Giallo. I don't think that I would show this to somebody who is not into Euro sleaze. Right. Right. Um, I think that uh, I, I, I could see this as being, I could see this one as being an entryway because it has all of the elements. Uh, but by that same token, I, I would probably recommend it to somebody who's a little more ensconced in the in the genre uh, than somebody who's just kind of like you know dipping their toe. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, it, it's one of those things where uh, is it good? Eh, no, um, but is it fun? At the once we get to the end, yes, absolutely it is. Yeah. Uh, and like I said before, I mean, I, I very, very, very much want to hear, uh, what, uh, what Ms. Allinger has to say about the movie. Yeah. Um, so I, and that's pretty much all that I got. I think we're pretty much, yeah, I think I, I, I would go out on a limb and say that we're very much uh, in line on this thing so far. Yeah. Uh, and, and I would, uh, be very surprised uh, how far off we are on our, uh, our final scores. Yeah. Uh, but that's all that I have on it. Yeah. We pretty much uh, ticked all the boxes of this thing. Cause the buddy, this thing, if this thing doesn't tick a box, there ain't a box to be ticked. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. It, it, some, in some ways it feels like one of those kind of movies where like the, like, you know, a Spanish person sees Italian cinema and he's like, okay, well I'm going to go one step further. <laughs> yeah. Right. Somebody watched night train murders and was like, well, you know, <laughs> I can go further than that. Yeah, um, I, I I could I could up this one. Well, I mean, also I I know Spain. You know, they had a you know a, a fascist regime regime for a while, and there was a lot they of things did. they yes. couldn't do. Yeah. And then of course that those those regulations get lifted, and whenever that happens in any society or any country, uh, the cinema changes, the entertainment yes. changes uh, heavily. Yes. So uh, I'd, I'd say that's probably tied to this somehow in some way but we're not well, gonna... yeah I th- certainly certainly politics always influences uh film in some way uh yes. yeah in some way or another hopefully more hopefully less overtly mm-hmm. uh you know is is the hope of any cinephile i think yes um uh, but uh, you know it, it still is absolutely there and i think that the, yeah i would i would agree with that that certainly is an influence on this yeah um 
All right, uh, my make or break for this is the uh, the transgressive scene in the church. It's just at that point, Asnar's just like, you know what? We're just going to do everything we can to offend anybody that has any belief <laughs> in what is right and wrong. And uh, we're just going to go for it. And uh, they do. And then, you know, it's funny because even though I, I love that scene, the the truth is they continue to go further as the movie kind of goes along. And I'm just like, wow, they just... They're just not going to let this go. They're just going to keep going and keep getting darker and stuff. And then yes. I kind of enjoyed that. I really As did. As Madonna would say, over the borderline. Yes. <laughs> um, MVT, I'm going to go with Asnar. There's hardly anybody else here. Most of the people in this movie, this is their only film credit. Yeah. So uh, that should that should also tell you something. Uh, maybe they uh, <laughs> didn't enjoy the experience or potentially uh, you know, they didn't enjoy the after experience. Who knows? Or maybe they just didn't want to do anything else. Uh, but it's usually when most people in the movie haven't done more than one movie, you can pretty much tell that they they're probably like, "Why did I do that?" I probably and maybe they would, but the only people that would have signed up to do it anyway. Uh, my score for this movie, I agree with you. It's it's certainly not great, um, and I would argue that it's good only in the sense that it's something you've never seen before, because it is a bit amateurish in a weird way. Mm-hmm. And it's not mm-hmm. it's not overtly stylized. Well, I, I would use the term handmade. Yeah, it definitely feels handmade. I'll go six point seven five out of ten. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> All I'll right. Uh, so yeah, cool. Uh, make or break. Uh, yeah, I know. It, yeah, it's the scene. It's 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 the scene you were indicating where where uh, Chima or Kama or however the hell you pronounce it does his little preacher shtick while Nico uh, is busy getting a piece, uh, which you know it just about sums up. Uh, this film, as much as its Spanish pedigree does, um, MVT. I'm gonna kind of cheat uh, just a hair here and go with the uh, the sleazy atmosphere uh, in general. I think that you know, without the lengths that this thing is willing to go to, uh, this would basically be standard stuff, uh, more or less. Uh, and score for me, uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm a hair under yours, obviously, but we are absolutely within the 0.5, uh, you know, uh, bell curve here. Uh, 6.25 for me. Um, yeah, uh, it's one of those things that you really, uh, you really kind of have to experience for yourself, uh, because I think that, uh, but I, I think that most people are going to come in around that range. So, yeah, no, I mean, it makes total sense. And of course it also help, you know, I'm obviously probably more between the two of us, more of the transgressive cinema fan. Than, uh, yeah, I would agree with you on that. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, that me coming into, you know, half point higher makes total sense too. So sure. It's funny how these scores end up kind of giving away your pathology. <laughs> <laughs> well, everything does. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to get down to it, everything does. Absolutely. All right. That is the big show. Uh, yeah. I would highly recommend both of these releases and, uh, I'm not chilling just because Jesse's a friend and everything. I'm chilling because, this is what I champion. It's the same thing we've always championed with like Vinegar Syndrome and uh, Shout Factory and so many other labels uh, getting these things out there. So uh, I know that you can uh, access movies. Any, I, You know, I know that. I get that. But uh, it's great to have people putting out remastered and high-definition copies with bonus features and everything else of these movies. So please support that as much as you can. Um, so yeah. If yeah, because if you don't guess what happens, yeah. they don't fucking come out anymore. That's right. 
Yeah, so head over and Diabolic. And everybody complained about what happened. And like, you didn't fucking support him, did you? Yeah, head over to Diabolic and uh, tell, him Je- tell Jesse we sent you over there when you pick him up. Indeed do. Um, all right, that's the big show. Um, I know what we're doing next week. What do you? What is your pick? You want to go ahead? Uh, my pick, I if I'm remembered right, it's been a while. Uh, Has been a while. while. It's right. Uh, is uh, <laughs> the Face of Terror, uh, 1962 from another Spain, another Spanish movie. Nice. Uh, so yeah, but a little bit the, earlier. Knocking all the Spains out. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, a little earlier, 18 years earlier. Uh, so a whole <laughs> generation, wildly, essentially. Yeah. Wildly different. And uh, my film is, uh, I, I decided to go a totally different route. Uh, I feel like we need to lighten the mood around here. Uh, we need to lighten the mood a little bit around here. Um, it's fun to do these kind of movies every now and then, but I don't think we've ever done a full-on spoof on the show. Uh, Schlock may have come close. Schlock came close. And we had a good conversation. A lot of fun there with that. So right. I think it'll be fun to talk about this one. But I'm uh, picking Top Secret. Or Top Secret! From... Uh, <laughs> I can't remember what year it came out. 80, uh, 84, wow. I want to say. Wow, 84. Uh, Val Kilmer vehicle, spoof, Zucker and Abrams guys. Uh, I saw it on my, I was going through Amazon Prime. I saw it on there and I was like, you know, I haven't watched that in a long time. And uh, I've always kind of enjoyed it. And it's uh, kind of spoofery of the Elvis movies and so many other things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it'll be fun to talk about. Um, I haven't watched it in a long time. So that'll be what we're doing next week. Um, we hope everybody's staying safe. Uh, the world's kind of, in a way, getting back to normal, I think, uh, slowly. So That is a way to look at it. Yeah. Let's hope that uh, that continues to be the case. Let's, let's hope so. Um, all right. That's all I got. I will say adios. Adios. Oh, one last thing I should say before I get off yeah. here, if you made it this far. And I probably should have said something in the beginning, but... I did. I was on the uh, the not a bomb show, so I'm not real good at promoting myself. So I'll no, pro- you're not. I'll promote those guys. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Adios again. <laughs> I'll get off here now. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find the gentleman at ggtmc.com, and you can email the gentleman at midnightcinema at gmail.com. Mm-hmm.